stress, distracted, feeling short of time, two words could change everything. Let's talk about it with Adam Ramsey on Steve Brown, etc. He's an old white guy, an author, broadcaster, and seminary professor who's sick of religion. And he's brought friends. Please welcome Steve Brown, etc. Hey, we're so glad you're here. We look forward to this time. Uh, we like being with each other, but we like being with you a lot. And as I say a lot and mean a lot, you always have a place at our table. If you're wondering, I'm Steve, the aforementioned old white guy. Matthew Porter, our executive producer, is here. Matthew has just gotten some beard wax <laughs> that smells like smoke and bourbon. <laughs> and that's the story, and you're going to stick with what, it. What like, Steve Brown? <laughs> Our producer Jinx is in his little glass booth. Jinx says playing some Leonard Skinner may not solve every problem, but it is yet to make any problem worse. <laughs> I just want to know where my bourbon and smoke went. <laughs> our, our, by the way, Matthew's a teetotaler and drinks very little bourbon. Uh, yeah, not teetotally, but but pretty close. Close, yeah. <laughs> totally tea. And not, as not tea as at all. As close as you can get and still please Jesus. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Our one-man IT department, John Myers, is in his tech bunker. Halloween is three weeks away, and that means one thing for John. Yep. Time to put up Christmas lights. Yep, indeed. <laughs> and, yeah. and no, that's not like a Christmas tree or nope. a little dangling bulb from your porch. It means you give your life to it. It's Main I mean, Street it Disney. Gigant- yeah. Yeah. At least a second service to power it all. <laughs> that's Rolling right. brownouts. Duke Power, they go crazy when he turns them on. And, and of course, this year, uh, John will uh, let us see on this program Sneak peek all of his lights. And if you live around here, I would suggest that you go to his home and watch it. But he's in a gated community, <laughs> and you can't get there from here. So he does all that work mm. for people who can't show. For people who don't. Maybe like him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does the tailgating uh, thing still work? <laughs> Dr. George Bingham is president of Key Life. George, how was your weekend? Uh, no no uh, stress or emotion at all. <laughs> Giving away one's daughter oh. in marriage is... Just a joy. And As Swindoll said, a grand Stradivarius to a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, every time I looked at you, tears were in your oh, eyes. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of moments in time, <laughs> uh, really, how about that for a segue to Alex, uh, Adam Tupuk? I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, it was great yeah. wedding. No, Emily wasn't. was beautiful, and I like Nathan and the and Kathy's here, the feminine side of this broadcast. Kathy, people are saying the wedding cake you made was almost as good as the officiating at the service. That was hum- <laughs> that was humble of you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
It was a great weekend, man. It's still in, and George's family just left like 20 minutes ago, I think. Well, just left for, yeah, the beach close by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the northern lights are beautiful, but tail lights are too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a great guest uh, during this program, Adam's. Adam Ramsey, he uh, leads uh, Liberty Church on the Gold Coast in Australia. And we were saying before, this is absolutely amazing to me, a bigger miracle than the virgin birth, that we can talk to Adam and it's I can see him like he was sitting in the room where we are. That is weird and it is also wonderful. He also serves as the director of Acts 29 Asia Pacific, and his latest book, uh, which I hold in my nicotine-stained fingers, is titled Faithfully Present, Embracing the Limits of Where and When God Has You. Adam, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. And it's very early. It's like 6 in the morning. And uh, we gauge uh, the love of Jesus for the guest <laughs> by the inappropriate times we <laughs> schedule these programs. <laughs> Adam, I've been reading this book. I only had about an hour with it before the broadcast, but it is dynamite. And when I get into it, I fully expect that it'll change my life, except I'm so cl close to the end, it may be too late. <laughs> uh, give us kind of, um, by the way, uh, your first words of encouragement are, you are not that big a deal. I've learned that, but it's taken a long time <laughs> after everybody laughs at you, makes fun, uh, corrects you, fixes all the stupid things you've said, and refuse to invite you to come back. You begin to think, I may not be a big deal, and you're going to die. That's a real upper. That <laughs> Soon. You want to elaborate on that? It's uh, it's the confronting reality of our limitations, isn't it? Um, we're not as big of a deal as we think we are, and our time in this world is limited. And so I started writing the book, Steve, um, just wanting to to have a biblical reflection on time. That's how it began. Is I want to think uh, playfully, biblically, devotionally about time. Uh, and then place came into it because time and place kind of work together. They both, uh, they haunt us. They remind us just how creaturely we actually are, uh, how not God we actually are. And I think we're always pushing back against the time we're in or the time we have uh, and the place we're in and the spaces that we have within that place, uh, wanting to be somewhere else or somewhere else. And the book is really coming back to this idea of what would it look like to, you know, in Wendell Berry's words, to live the given life and not the planned, uh, to live where you are and when you are, and not always be hurrying towards somewhere that you're presently not. So that's where it's come out of. Yeah. Speaking of Wendell Berry and Jaber Crow, uh, who was a barber, uh, seminary, 
not graduate failure. He had to leave, and he loved his little hometown. And he, in order to make some extra bucks, cleaned up the little church in the town. And he would sometimes take a nap on the church pew. And one night he had a dream that everybody in that place was sitting in the church. The prostitutes and the church women, the thieves and the honest and the dishonest and the big public sinners and the ones that were not so public in their sin. And he woke up crying. And I think that his realization and his life and that book is a is a kind of diary about his life in that little town. I can't remember the name of it, but that Port William, yeah, Port William. That's right. Yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, uh, I love Wendell Berry. Oh, I do too. <laughs> I do. Too. I don't like his politics. I'm to the right of Genghis Khan, but I love <laughs> I love his writing. Time yeah. and place. That's so true. You everything in our now I don't know if this is true of Australia, but it's certainly true of this country that almost everything from social media to advertising to friends to parties to everything in which we're engaged is an effort to make us forget time and place and to send us in the other direction. And it takes intentionality on steroids to be and do what you so beautifully write about in this book. You want to comment on it's, that? This is, I mean, yeah, if you don't say it's, anything, it's going to be an awful thing. He's in Australia. Time. <laughs> yeah. He's got to wait, yeah. <laughs> the sound's coming from a long way, Steve. You've got to be patient. That's the theme of the book, too, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's... It's the thing that Jesus gladly took on himself that we often want to get rid of, which is our humanity. And so when we learn to live well within time and in place, what we're doing is we're learning to be fully human. And when we're trying to cast off our present time and be back in the good old days with nostalgia or somewhere mm. off in the future where we have a different season of life or a different place to where our feet presently are. And we escape through, you know, the little portal in our pockets that lets us interact in different parts of the world and pretend to be omnipresent. We're trying to rid ourselves of humanity, uh, of, of the locatedness of what we actually are. So when we learn to actually make peace with that and to realize this is what Jesus gladly took on himself, I think we actually start to discover the fullness of life and the human flourishing that God wants us to experience. Oh, that means that new car you're looking forward to, that new house, that new wife, that new husband, uh, that new job simply won't deliver what you think it will. And we're gonna talk about it over this hour. Wonderful book. It is a life-changing book faithfully present, embracing the limits of where and when God has you. Guys, we're going to rest, but we're coming back.
Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, chances are your friends and family would too, right? So help us spread the word by sharing a link, clicking subscribe on YouTube. And if you think about it, drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We're pretty much everywhere. Hey, is there one called Podblaster? I mean, it feels like there should be, right? But like no E in Blaster. Just Blaster. 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 Anyhow, that's how the colons do it. Hi, this is Steve Brown, and in case you didn't know, one of the main reasons Key Life exists is to remind believers that God isn't mad at his children. Why am I telling you this? Because our weekly email, Key Life Connection, takes the best of the videos, articles, and puts them right in your inbox. We'd love for you to try it. It's free. Go to keylife.org slash subscribe. Glad you're here. Uh, we're talking to Adam Ramsey. He talks funny, but he says, but he says good things. His latest book is titled "Faithfully Present: Embracing the Limits of Where and When God Has You." Adam, I have to say, when I started reading the book initially, I had this feeling of "Oh no," because it's those few books where you realize. You're not going to be able to read this without making some changes and spending some time thinking about this because this is like right where I am. I am constantly trying to like, how can I get more done? I just constantly hear a clock or like the line from Hamilton. Why are you always writing like you're running out of time? You're like, because I'm I'm running out of time. (laughs) I don't know about you. I have an expiration date. At some point in the future, I better get to it. But there's more to that story. And there's a part in here, it's towards the end of the chapter, and you guys know, towards the end of the chapter, it's kind of an off-ramp, you know, it's kind of, you're warming up to the next big point, and it's like one of those things in the movie where the guy just pulls the grenade and just throws it behind him and just walks away in slow motion, and it just mm-hmm. goes, <laughs> you, had, so you had a line in here that you just, you roll it off, and you keep pressing on, and I'm like, over here, just blown away, and I wonder if you just kind of talk about it a little bit. Fruitfulness over the long haul is a lot less about finding balance and a lot more about knowing what season you are in and living accordingly. We're obsessed with balance, and, 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 and what I hear you saying here kind of resonates, but before I get like too hyped up, what do you mean by that? Well, I, I think what I'm trying to get to in that line there is that life and our experience of time is one of seasons. And so we often think, okay, if I can just, and I think we wrongly think this, if I can just, you know, find the middle ground in my life and and get balance across all the priorities of my life, then, you know, I'm going to be fruitful. I'm going to flourish. I'm going to be satisfied. Um, I don't know if that's fully correct. I think, you know, you don't say to a university student in the middle of exams, hey, you need balance right now. It's like, no, no, they need to study. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like they need to do the the priority that they need to do. Um, you don't say to a, a, a mother going into labor, uh, hey, you just need to find some balance in your life. It's like, no, no, she needs to give birth <laughs> to a baby punched. <laughs> and everything else doesn't matter. <laughs> so, and I think when we understand seasons a little more along those lines there that, okay, the season that I'm in right now, 
Uh, this season is a limited edition gift. Uh, I will never have this season of my life ever again. And you can make that big at the macro level of the seasons of like, hey, my my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and so on. Or it could be the micro level of, hey, this these moments that I'm in right now in my career, in my parenting journey, uh, whether it's, you know, I've got a baby that's just come into the world or you've just handed off a child in, in marriage. Um, as I know George was talking about before, what does it look like to drink in that precious, beautiful, limited edition moment and simply receive it as the gift that it is? And I think when we do that, we start to find fruitfulness. Yeah, and, and, and I think freedom too, right? Because I know several yeah. years ago, yeah. several years ago, I was just, circumstances were such where to get, the job done i kind of had to redline it all day up till like one or two in the morning and even in the midst of that i realized this is a season this is not forever and when you embrace that idea you feel that freedom of like it's okay and instead of making an idol of your ideal schedule in life you're more dancing with god and letting him just lead and you're just following yeah it's like yeah, man, just go with that and stop stressing over the disconnect between the way things are and the way you thought they should be or ought to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Adam, um, just I wanted to just follow up a little bit on this idea of seasons in Chapter 3, because you talk about Ecclesiastes 3 and everything there is a season, and I thought it was interesting in that chapter that you talk about um, the spring of childhood and make that zero to 20 and the summer of adulthood, the autumn of midlife. And I'm getting to the end here, which is where I, where I am, which is not fun. Um, the winter of our final years, which is 61 on. And, and I wonder if you could, and I'm not sure how you're going to do it because you are obviously not 61 and on, but, but in that section, you talk about the desire to, the, to want to finish well, um, because obviously you do have less time than you did earlier on in life. Could you just expand on on that a little bit, that lovely little end section there, the winter yeah. of our final years? <laughs> well, I, I think it's 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 the caveat first of none of us are promised tomorrow. So we could, it's it's nice and neat to be able to break up life into an 80-year span. Uh, we may not get 80 years. Uh, 80 is the rough global average. And so kind of breaking that down into 20 year sections makes sense to think about, um, yeah, the different seasons of youth and, and then coming into our, uh, adulthood and vocational, uh, competency and all of that. And then the autumn of our midlife, which is kind of where I am. And then the winter of our older years. So knowing that none of us are promised tomorrow, uh, knowing that our times are in God's hands, like the psalmist said, uh, and knowing that we do have a definite day in the future that God has numbered our days. Uh, like, hey, you can eat as well as you want to eat. Uh, do all the Pilates you want to do. God has numbered your days. And uh, and all of us will live in this world for as long as God has ordained us to be here. So in light of that, it means the way we finish well is we live fully attentive to God where we are, when we are, every single season of our life all the way to the end. So in one sense, uh, I don't need to be uh, necessarily in my 70s or 80s to have a desire to finish well. 
that desire needs to be present right now in the way that I'm running mm. this race. Uh, and there every single decade of my life until the end, whenever that day comes. And so I think attentiveness to God and attentiveness to what he's put us in relationally, circumstantially, all the rest of that is the way we finish well, since we don't know when that finish line is coming across our way. Well, and I think one of the frustrating parts about that is uh, the older you get, the more I think you you do realize how much there is to do just in general. But you also realize that whether you like it or not, you're slowing down. So you get to the end oh. of the day and it's like, I, I, I didn't get there. I, I didn't get done and I'm not talking about like just mundane kind of things that you do on a daily basis. I mean, just in terms of where you want to be in life and your relationship with God as well. So I that that's some yeah that's some good challenges for yeah, sure. It is. Did you hear about the bird that fell asleep sitting on a bucket of shellac? The sun was shining and it was wonderful, and he got sleepy and just fell asleep and fell into the shellac. He, um, he died a miserable death, but he did finish well. I'm sorry. Talk about dropping a bomb and walking away. <laughs> We're going to take a break, and in that break, I promise I'm going to repent, no, and you're I'll not. never say anything like that again. Guys, uh, the book is Faithfully Present. Embracing the limits of where and when God has you. A dynamite book for a small group to study and for you to read to change your life. Don't go away. We're coming back. Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, would you help us let others know about it? You can share a link, click subscribe on our YouTube channel, or drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks much. Hi, this is Steve Brown, and I'm excited to tell you about a new offer from Key Life called <laughs> Living with Steve. Let me tell you the way it works. I travel with you wherever you go. If you need an entertaining conversation or even a sermon, there I am. That's the good news. The bad news is that it cost a million bucks. <laughs> but wait, there's good news. You can get everything I've just described with the Key Life app. And for a limited time, it's not a million dollars. It's free. Try it now at keylife.org app. So glad you're with us. Uh, we're hanging out with Adam Ramsey. Uh, you can keep up with him on Z or X or whatever it's called. <laughs> and, and Why not? Formerly called Twitter and Instagram at Adam Ramsey underscore underscore. Oh, sneaky! Yeah, right. You know, you, you only have to remember one letter, X, 
And how hard is that? <laughs> <laughs> I know it was one I'm or the still, other. Listen, that's 50%. That's not bad. I'm still solving for X over here. Uh, Adam, you, you guys should have joined us off the air. We were talking about daughters and weddings and tears and anxiety and pain and depression. And, and Adam was given instructions by George, who has just gone through a wedding, of giving his daughter away. And Adam uh, started weeping. And, <laughs> you know, you should have been here. You should have been a part of it. And we said, pull yourself together, man. <laughs> uh, and and as, as tempted as I am to keep talking about that glorious and terrifying moment of giving your daughter away, uh, I, I thought it'd be appropriate to talk about, I mean, you had two dimensions, I guess, you wanted to address in the book, not only time, but place. And uh, um, those uh, moments of place in, in one chapter, you were including addressing uh, the place of being in our bodies. And um, there was a quote that you did from uh, Sam Alberry, and I'm just going to read the first part and, and ask for you to kind of react to it, because it seems... Uh, to kind of uh, relate to some cultural kinds of things that keep coming up these days. Um, in other contexts, hearing that we are not our own, that we have been bought with a price, would be devastating. It would indicate a lack of freedom, dignity, and worth. But when applied to Jesus, and let me use that as a jumping-off point for you and, and see if you'd comment on that. The fact that Jesus took on a body. I mean, that alone is going to be one of the most mind-blowing miracles uh, that we could ever even consider, that God put on flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. And so we think of the, the embodiment of Jesus, and, and often I think the, many of the frustrations people have in our time is they want to be where their body isn't, or they want to be what their body is not. Uh, and so it's this like desire to, I need to, so whether that's gender identity, whether that's just wanderlust of wanting to be in Norway or Switzerland or somewhere beautiful, that's not their present space there. This sense of being located by your flesh, by your body, by the place where your own two feet can stand in any given moment of time, uh, really is haunting. And yet there's something in that when we consider that our bodies, the fact that, that God values our bodies and the way that we treat our bodies and the way that we live within our bodies uh, have important and, and genuinely eternal ramifications to it, which is why we're told in Romans 12, 1, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And so when I remember that Jesus went into a body, died for me in his body, and values the way that I live out my body, it changes the relationship I have with, with, with me, the infleshed me of knowing this belongs to God and therefore how I live in it really matters. Um, that, um, not all uh, wisdom that comes from existentialism uh, is wise, but uh, that, that is an existentialist statement that has validity for everybody, not just Christians. Um, and uh, I find that 
really, really good. You know, when you start off, you know, it's not a very good news thing to say you're no big deal and you're going to die. But it, but we do become a big deal, don't we? Uh, The big deal of Jesus and it changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we share in the life of Christ uh, here and now, uh, and we share in the life of Christ to come. And that's where even where our bodies frustrate us, and my goodness, do they frustrate us, uh, this side of glory. We also live within the body belonging to the Lord with a view to the resurrection. So we know that day is coming where, listen, there is a joy coming our way in the future. So intense, so palpable, so potent that God is going to have to glorify our bodies, our earthly frames just to be able to to sustain that level of joy as the new baseline. So knowing that all the frustrations we experience now in our bodies um, is coming into a resurrection in God's future, again, changes the way we experience time and place when it comes to our flesh. Oh, man, such good stuff. you got to get this book. It's called Faithfully Present. I said at the beginning of the broadcast, that if you're really struggling with life, and most of us are, uh, with the pressures that are put on you, the places that you've got to achieve, uh, the legacy you've got to live, if you're struggling with that, two words. And they are the two words of this book, faithfully present, embracing the limits of where and when God has you doesn't sound like good news, but it is. It's the best news you have ever heard. Hey guys, this is really hard work and periodically we have to take a rest, make a buck, but we're coming back. Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, chances are your friends and family would too, right? So help us spread the word by sharing a link, clicking subscribe on YouTube. And if you think about it, drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We're pretty much everywhere. Hey, is there one called Podblaster? I mean, it feels like there should be, right? But like no E in Blaster. Just Blaster. 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 That's how the colons do it. When Christ promised we could live life to the full, he didn't just mean eventually in heaven, because Jesus didn't come to save us from our humanity, but to restore it. Life with a capital L. Find it now on keylife.org slash store. What if you could start your day by hanging out in God's Word and with some of the most significant theologians, authors, and pastors ever? That's the idea behind the one-year devotional, God With Us. Find it now on keylife.org slash store. Hey, uh, we're hanging out with uh, Adam Ramsey, whom we like a lot. Um, he's in Australia, and we're in the States. Uh, and it's like he's sitting in a room with us. That is so cool. It just blows me away. It's better than, Blue- better than Bluey. 
And uh, the name of the book is Faithfully Present, Embracing the Limits of Where and When God Has You. This is a profound book. It's not a hard book to get through, but it's profound. And as Matthew said earlier, as you read it, you realize this is going to change me. I gotta, I gotta make some decisions here. Yeah, I wonder if you could, uh, Adam, d- dive in a little bit toward the the title of the thing, which is kind of to be, the answer is to be faithfully present. It's kind of like one of those things of like, well, I want to be in better shape and have more energy. Well, you need to eat better and exercise. Yeah, but but <laughs> I would really love it to be a lot more complicated, so I could spend money, so I could feel like I'm doing something, but I'm not really doing something. But it does distract me for a while. You're like you're going to have to face the fact that there's a, simpli- a beauty and simplicity to what the answer to this question is. So drill into that for us a little bit, please. Well, the term that the first time I came across the term uh, faithful presence was James Davison Hunter, uh, and some people might be familiar with him, but he uses it in a broader kind of more like sociological uh, way of thinking: how do we as Christians? inhabit the public spaces and politics and culture. And I think that's a really, really important application of it. He says it'll change the world. I'm sorry. Yeah. How to change the world. Yeah. I'm Uh, sorry. Go ahead. And I think that's a really important concept, but what, what I wanted to do was, was personalize that at the individual level of what does it look like for me, not even just for us as Christians in society, but for me to be faithfully present to God first uh, to the people he's put in front of me, to the state of my own soul, and to the place that I live in and belong to in any given moment of my life. So in in one sense, faithful presence uh, really comes back to just attention. What am I giving my attention to in the different times uh, and places of my life? And am I giving my attention to the right things? Or am I wandering in my mind to to want to live somewhere else or somewhere else, uh, back in my memories, forward in the future, uh, that nostalgia that kind of can haunt us. And even just that idea of, of wanting to escape from being located in my presence. Uh, and we do that through our phones and through social media and through travel and all that stuff is, is fine. But when it becomes not fine is when I am trying to escape, uh, attentiveness to the people and place God has put before me in order to be in some other time, people, place that he hasn't put before me that actually ruins me for my present place. And I think we experience that the most when it's, you know, you go to any sort of public area now and just our faces are buried in their phones. Uh, We're looking down all the time and we miss in a very real sense who is around us and, and what is around us. I think that's the place God actually wants us to be. It really, it's kind of scary. I've always said, you know, that smoking a pipe was a gift from God. Uh, when you're in a dull faculty meeting or uh, the sermon is dying and you just, and you keep thinking, you know, I'd like to be somewhere else smoking my pipe. And if yeah. I can hang on just a little bit longer, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. And it gets me through <laughs> things. I'm going to have to repent of that, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, there went another couple of speaking engagements. <laughs> Listen, do you um, talk about uh, 
the when we you had mentioned before and you were talking about heaven and incredible joy no more tears and the place where i'm going to have hair how does that how does that make a difference in the present where we are now oh my goodness so i loved thinking about the time and place that is to come when i was writing this book and every chapter was really written with that, that understanding of, hey, this might be how it is right now. Life might be busy or hurried or painful or frustrating or filled with anxiety right now. Um, but there is coming a day where time and place are going to change. Uh, the season is going to change in an eternal cosmic way. And there's coming a day where time will become unlimited. And place will become uncursed. Mm. And we're going to experience time and place in new ways, in glorified ways that will be free from the haunting uh, and the frustration and the, the longing of a former time that has gone past us. And there's going to be such a renewal of our bodies and a renewal of this world. Like I loved, uh, we were as a family in Scotland uh, earlier this year. And I was doing some preaching over there and did a pulpit swap with a pastor uh, over there. And that was a fantastic way to do it. And I was able to show my kids uh, a place called the Isle of Skye. Uh, so my wife, Christine, and I, it's one of our favorite places on earth. And it's just breathtaking, majestic, rocky, rugged, beautiful scenery. And watching my kids just, you know, they're all teenagers down to eight-year-olds. They're just drinking it in and going, whoa. God made this like, and it was this moment of worship and, uh, and I got to help them see, yeah, he made this. And guess what? This is the cursed version, <laughs> the, the, the groaning <laughs> version. Oh man. This is, it, this, this is going to get even better. Hmm. And there's coming a day where we're, Hey guys, we're going to stand here in the new creation where, where every tear has been wiped away, where the curse has been lifted and where the world itself is going to be finally free to be its fullest liberated self. That day is coming because of the resurrection of Jesus. And just what does it mean? If I know that, if I'm convinced resurrection's coming, I now live in the present, not just as a citizen of heaven, which is the way the Bible describes us. I now live in the present as a citizen of the future, living in the present right now, as an ambassador of the world yet to come. And that now, that changes the way I experience all my frustrations and fears as I walk through this life and follow Jesus through those things. Oh man, that dog will hunt. <laughs> hey, we, we, um, we have about 20 seconds. Would you want to say something really profound? Or is that it? <laughs> <laughs> the last wasn't is profound enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Adam. Most of us will vote. The, Impress the last me again, he says. <laughs> Dance, <laughs> Adam, you, you are a delight, and it's been fun having you with us. I hope that we can do this again. I know it's a long way off, and the next time we'll do it a little bit later on our side and a little bit later on your side so you can sleep in. You're that good. <laughs> we wouldn't oh, do that for everybody. <laughs> Bless you, Adam, and you keep working, keep writing these books. 
Thank you. Hey, it has been so good to be with you guys. I love these conversations. Thank you for having me. And Thanks for coming. It. Yeah, we loved it too. Guys, you got to get this book. If you're in a small group and you're looking for a subject, this would be a great small group study for discussion. And if your life is falling apart, this could change your life. Makes it worse and then a whole lot better. Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, would you help us let others know about it? You can share a link, click subscribe on our YouTube channel, or drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks much. What if you could start your day by hanging out in God's Word and with some of the most significant theologians, authors, and pastors ever? That's the idea behind the one-year devotional, God With Us. Find it now on keylife.org store. This is Pete Dowinson, and if you're a guy, I want to show you how to recover and reclaim an intimate, growing relationship with your Heavenly Father. Check out Like Father, Like Son, How Knowing God as Father Changes Men. Available now at keylife.org store. Believer, I want you to remember that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And you will run out of sin before God runs out of grace. Grace, the real good news of the gospel. Find it now on keylife.org store. What a great book. Um, you know, sometimes we do forget, and I do that all the time. I'm always looking forward, not as I facetiously said, smoking my pipe, always looking forward. There's got to be something better. And I wish we'd had time. We would have uh, asked Adam, how do, you, how do you get people to get this and to see it? You know, we live in a culture, as he said, where your nose is in a cell phone and uh, all of the culture and the advertisements are making promises to you. And you keep thinking if you do it right, maybe it'll feel right for a change. You think of Augustine's quote, thou hast created us for thyself and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. And that's true. God is that. But there's more to it than that, and Adam points that out. Not only restless until it finds its rest in you, but restless until it finds its rest in the present, in what is ordained by that God with what really is and how you face it instead of what could be and the directions you could go. We have a culture that lives on promises that are never fulfilled, and we worship a God whose promises are always fulfilled, always. And as Adam said, the thought of that and the fulfillment of that promise of being in heaven with hair <laughs> is, a, is a wonderful thing uh, and enables us to be present right now in this moment, because God is present right now in this moment, because God has created this moment, because he likes you a lot. Well, Kathy, 
Who's going to be here next week? Next week, uh, Russell Moore will be with us, the former president of the Southern Baptist Convention and now the editor-in-chief of Christianity Today magazine. And um, his book is titled, getting a lot of press these days, um, but his book is titled Losing Our Religion, An Altar Call for Evangelical America. Huh. Do you have anything to say? Yeah. <laughs> I like him a lot. I just think his politics leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> But well, then he thinks the same thing about me. So listen, it comes out in the wash. Well, that's it. We've, we're done. Stick a fork in us. But we're going to come back next week. Same time, same place. It's our fond hope that you'll join us. And between now and then, don't do anything we wouldn't. And that gives you a wide, wide berth. I think we finished Always. Are you kidding? This is jinx we're talking about. Of course he can.